0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by PhotographyCourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Whitney Justison, who is a wedding and portrait photographer from the United States. I've been a fan of Whitney's photos for quite some time now. She's a successful wedding photographer with a whole lot of stories to share. We talk about her transition from portraiture to wedding photography, business tips, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey Whitney, welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. Thanks for having me on
1: here. I'm Winnie Justison, um, and I'm a wedding and portrait photographer based in the San Francisco Bay Area in California. A little about me is that I love travel, I love coffee, and I love movies, and
0: yeah. That's an amazing introduction, and I've been a fan of your work for a long time, so I'm kind of fangirling a little bit right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you as well. What camera equipment do you use? So I have, um, two Canon Mark
1: threes that I use mainly, um, those are for weddings mainly, but also I take them in travels as well. Um, my main lenses are my Canon 35 millimeter, um, uh, my 85 millimeter and my 24 to 70, which is kind of my, my kind of, uh, workhorse for weddings. Um, that one's just kind of good for everything. And then recently, um, at the beginning of 2020, I guess I got a Fujifilm XT30, which is just a great camera to just kind of take on my travels. It's pretty small and compact. And so I was really looking forward to using it a lot uh, in 2020, but that didn't exactly happen as much. So I'm hoping to use it a lot more going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to, though. Yeah, no, exactly. You shot your first wedding in 2011, but made wedding photography into a business in 2015. What prompted you to make that decision at that time? So I, I kind of
1: fell into wedding photography. It wasn't something that I thought that I was going to do from the beginning in any way. Like I did start with, um, conceptual photography, but I kind of along the way, I I realized that, I mean, I I enjoyed taking self portraits, but I also took photos of my friends and I realized that I was, I felt pretty good at, at portrait photography. And so I kind of was thinking of different things that I could do. Um, to, you know, kind of make that into a business and make that something that I could do um, as a career. And um, I kind of started shooting smaller weddings of friends and, and I just kind of fell in love with it. And, and then, yeah, in 2015, I kind of was able to make it into a full-time full-fledged business. And, and, you know, I've had starts and stops along the way and, um, definitely more successful periods than others, but it's been kind of a constant since then. And And I just really love it. So it, it's been a really exciting kind of uh, career choice. So,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting that there was that time period when you helped out friends. Did that help you make connections? Or did you kind of, once you've made that business, start to find clients immediately that way?
1: Yeah, it did. It was, I mean, that was kind of the way that I started to kind of get more clients was, was through word of mouth. I mean, back then um, Instagram wasn't as big and, and Facebook pages were, were something, but it wasn't kind of as big of a, um, you know, kind of a client uh, finder, I guess. And it's, you know, to, to say, but it, you know, most of my clients did come through people that um, either recommended me or kind of knew me mutually and things like that. And then, and then as time went on, then I kind of got a wider, net of people that found me through you know social media and things like that so yeah
0: yeah that seems like a really good way to approach the wedding photography industry because then if you have mutual friends and you feel more comfortable with those people then it's easier to start building a certain kind of business
1: definitely yeah and over time you get um your wedding clients that are kind of recommending to their friends and so yeah so it gets bigger the kind of the net gets bigger and bigger over time so
0: yeah yeah, the snowball effect, which is a very helpful in this kind of photography. <laughs> exactly, definitely. So I mentioned earlier that I'm a big fan of your work. When I discovered you on Flickr, I was completely in awe of your conceptual work and your self-portraiture. And I really can't remember how long ago that was, but I do remember just being super inspired by the vibrance in your photographs and the stories that you were telling I remember that a few years later, you started sharing your photos on other platforms and eventually started a successful business. Can you tell me more about that process? Like what platform has been the most efficient for you as a business owner and a photographer and anything you think is important to mention here?
1: Yeah, like I was saying, I mean, I feel like so much of my work um, has come, obviously, through word of mouth. And and I would say it's probably around, um, even today, it's it's about 50-50 kind of word of mouth and social media and people finding me through Google, through Instagram, through my website, and well, obviously, my website linked from Google, but, you know, just kind of 50-50 that way. But it definitely, I mean, just having kind of, yeah, clients that kind of can recommend me and everything is, is definitely very helpful. Um, I've really enjoyed using Instagram for my business. It's changed over time. I definitely feel like, um, for a while it felt kind of like the most productive way of kind of getting my work out there. And I have really enjoyed using it and, and finding people through there. I think in the past year or so, um, there's kind of been a little bit of a shift that, that I kind of have seen in kind of the Instagram community. And, and it just kind of, um, doesn't always feel as helpful to me anymore, and so I'm kind of trying to navigate that right now with just kind of going forward and and if that's going to be um, a long lasting way to find clients and find people. And um, I mean, I know there's new new social media apps popping up all the time. I know Clubhouse is one, not necessarily to find clients, but kind of to work with other photographers and kind of find out how other people are doing things. But but yeah, just kind of kind of learning as I go. But yeah, Instagram has been a good one for a long time, but um, I'm just interested to see kind of what
0: will come next. So yeah. I feel like Instagram has been a part of the universe for a long time. It's, it's <laughs> it has been there forever, it feels like, but it's interesting and surreal to acknowledge that maybe in the future, maybe in the near future, it's not going to be that big of a thing anymore. It's going to be replaced by yeah. something. Yeah, it's it's fascinating for me. And it really does change the landscape for photographers, because then you have to adjust and be aware. And it seems like you're really good at that, at being aware of what's going on around you to, to adjust. Yeah.
1: No, it does indeed. And I feel like part of me kind of misses the old days of Flickr and just kind of getting on there and just taking photos and, and putting them up there and, and having this kind of this community to support you and and to kind of get excited over whatever you're putting out there, even if it's not your best work. And just feeling like it's not so much about competition, but more about just kind of sharing your work and and sharing your heart on there. And and that, yeah. So that that I don't mean, know again, maybe that's looking back with rose colored glasses, but it definitely it felt very, very pure back then. And I kind of wish I could get some of that feeling back, either with Instagram or with something else in the future. Who knows? So
0: I agree with you. I don't think it's looking back through rose-colored glasses, because I definitely feel exactly the same way, and a lot of the yeah. people I talk to have confirmed your feelings. Um, in they're yeah. all, it's a real thing. And I guess, of course, there is a hint of nostalgia there, but also it's, yeah, it's it's when it's simpler, it's easier to process, both creatively definitely. and personally.
1: Yeah. Definitely, yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: So yeah, yeah, I mean, now we have to think about algorithms, which are unpredictable and a bunch of other things in competition. And, you know, some, there's the personal factor where it's comparing yourself to other people and blah, blah. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I feel like sometimes with, um with wedding photography specifically, like on kind of Instagram and, and this isn't to make anyone, you know, feel bad or anything, but I just do feel like there's just an added level of competition and kind of you have to be a certain way and look a certain way in order to kind of be popular and, and kind of, find the best clients and things like that. And, and something about that just feels a little off to me, you know, and, and maybe that is because of kind of the way that I started it, 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 because it felt so pure, it felt so much about community and less about competition that, you know, that kind of idea that you have to be any certain way, just kind of, it puts me off a little bit. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I also feel like there's something there that's lost and I think there's a way to get it back, though. And I'm wondering how you or your opinion on this. How do you personally go back to that feeling if you do?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I know that sometimes if I'm just able to kind of put aside this, I need to photograph to make money and I just want to go out and shoot just for fun and just do it for myself kind of to get that spark back. Um, sometimes that is really helpful. I mean, I don't always have the best ideas when I go out to shoot or, you know, just take my camera out. I mean, I, I live right at the the base of some, some hills that have really beautiful rolling landscapes and there's some beautiful forests in there. And so sometimes if I just feel like I'm in a bit of a, a slump or feel like I'm, I'm feeling uninspired, or I'm just feeling like there's so much competition. um, I'll just take my camera and just go into the woods, into the hills and just take some photos and, you know, put on a fun flowy dress and not really have any ideas specifically in mind, but just kind of do what I used to do in Flickr days. And it, and it kind of, it kind of resets me a little bit and it, it kind of is helpful in just kind of going forward and being like, okay, this isn't, this doesn't have to be just about kind of, being the best and being better than everybody else it's just showing what i have and the talents that i have and just kind of creating something for the sake of creation which is which is why i started in the first place that was to me that was kind of what my photography journey started as was just just going and creating for the sake of it and building a community and and so if i'm able to tap back into that it really helps me to kind of reset myself and feel inspired again
0: Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. And I believe that when you have this passion for photography, no matter how much time passes, that will always be the foundation of who you are as a person creatively. So if you can just reconnect with it, as you said that you do in your own ways, that's probably one of the best ways to just, you know, take a step back from social media for a second or two and remember who you are personally. I think that's super helpful.
1: Absolutely. I agree completely.
0: There's a photo of you dancing happily at one of your client's weddings, which I love. You look like you're genuinely having so much fun. Wedding photo shoots can be really stressful based on what I've heard. And I'm wondering how you keep your sessions exciting for yourself and for the clients too.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I obviously I try and kind of present myself as a professional when I'm shooting weddings. I don't want anyone to feel like you know, I'm just kind of flailing around, not knowing what I'm doing, but I do really want my clients and the the guests at the wedding to feel like I am part of the group. And I, and I want to blend in a little bit. I mean, that's to me, that's how you get the best photos is when people aren't so hyper aware that you're there, that you're just there having fun and enjoying the day along with them. And you can really get people to kind of, open up and feel comfortable around you and be themselves. And, and that's the way I think you get the best photos. And so if I'm out there dancing on the dance floor, then, you know, I'm going to get more genuine expressions from people and not, you know, not kind of that, like that side eye, when I'm walking by with my camera, like, Oh, (laughs) she's there. Got to look good. You know, it's just like, no, just have fun. Let's dance and uh, enjoy ourselves. So I definitely take that into weddings with me, especially when it's kind of the, the couple portrait session, you know, I want them to feel like they have a chance to just kind of get away from everything for a few minutes, enjoy being with each other, um, you know, and not feel like I'm kind of wanting them to look a certain way or be a certain way, but just kind of enjoy their day and enjoy being together because it's, it's such a big moment in their lives together. And I want them to be able to really enjoy that and feel that and not feel like they need to look like models or be on display or anything. So yeah, that's definitely the energy that I take into wedding days.
0: I like that answer a lot. And as you were talking about this, a photograph of yours came to mind. I was looking at your website recently, and I don't know if I can describe this well, but it's a photograph of the bride and she's holding her mom's hand, I think, and she's wiping a tear. And that was such a... Such a touching photograph and very candid and raw and vulnerable. And I was like, how did she take that And without making them feel, you know, intimidated that there's a camera there?
1: Yeah, that was a moment from a wedding this summer. um, And it was a wedding that had been sized down a lot because of COVID. And it was just the kind of closest family members. And it was just an absolutely beautiful ceremony. But you could just tell that there was a lot of love there between the, the bride and her mother. And also her father was speaking at the time. And, and there was just a lot of love between them. And, and everyone felt it. You, there was just not a dry eye around. And I was, I was definitely tearing up. And, and you know, and, and I think that's, to me, kind of along with the kind of dancing and having fun, If I'm able to really tap into kind of my client's emotions and kind of feel what they're feeling a little bit, I think that allows me to really get those photos that can be impactful, both the joy and, you know, maybe the stronger emotions, the tears and things like that, that maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable sharing or showing in front of me if they did feel intimidated by me or felt like I was just there to take photos.
0: Our 365 Days of Photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. Yes, I agree with you completely because when you're a photographer, you don't want to feel like you're intruding in any way. You don't want to feel like you're just some stranger with a big camera. (laughs) (laughs) Looking a fascinating.
1: Definitely. Important. Definitely.
0: It's important to feel like you're their friend. And you do that really beautifully, in my opinion.
1: Thank you. And I feel like that's to me, that's that's why it's really important that, you know, for every wedding that I book with a couple, I always try to have an engagement session beforehand with them that just kind of comes with the package, just because it's important to be able to have that chance to get to know them and to get them really comfortable in front of my camera. And also just kind of start a friendship from the beginning so that I'm not just showing up on their wedding day, just some stranger. Like, I'm a friend. I'm there to, to kind of get the best photos of them, them and um, really enjoy their day with them.
0: Exactly. And it's helpful for you as a photographer personally, because then you have a better idea of the couple's story and it might help you tell their story better during the wedding. Does that help in any way?
1: Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. I mean, again, because I, because I get the chance to get to know them personally, it helps me to kind of really craft the day to kind of tell their story. You know, I'm, I'm really paying better attention to the details. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that they, who they are is showing through in the photos. And I'm not just shooting the same day of, you know, as somebody else last week, you know, I'm not, I'm not just there trying to get an exact replica of the last wedding. I'm doing something. I'm trying to kind of capture their unique love story and their um, unique day.
0: I love that. And that sounds like a real challenge though. Wow. I applaud you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything you wish you had known about photography before you even picked up a camera?
1: That's an interesting one. I feel like there's always things that maybe we could, you know, have known better um, or have been more prepared for, but I kind of feel like the way that I fell into photography was such a special thing. And, you know, I didn't really know anything about, you know, kind of photography or the photography community at the time that I started. It just, I mean, this was back in 2009 when I started. Um, I just, kind of got into it because I was a bored high school, almost college student with a job that didn't give me enough hours. And I was kind of like, what can I do to pass the time? And I was just scrolling through the internet one day. I don't know how I fell into Flickr, but I found it and I found some of the photographers that have ended up becoming really, really close friends. But back then just were creating these beautiful self-portraits and, and very kind of conceptual and and interesting. And I, I just was fascinated with that. And I, I just was like, I want to be able to do that. I want to, I want to create something like this. And so, you know, I just picked up my mom's old point and shoot, and I just went out in my backyard and took some photos and, you know, tried, I didn't have Photoshop at the beginning. It was something like picnic or something that I started with editing. And I just kind of got into it and it just became something that was so special and, and important to me at a really kind of formative time in my life. And so when I look back at that and kind of how magical and special that time was, I don't think there's anything I would change, you know, nothing, nothing that I, I wish I would known better because then maybe it wouldn't have been as kind of a pure of a start as it was. And so, so I'm really happy with the way I kind of fell into
0: photography. I like that answer. It's good to not have any regrets, especially when you're a creative person, because if you dive into something spontaneously, then you get really amazing results sometimes. So yeah, it helps to not just dive into something as it is and not worry about it or, or feel like you could have done something better. Definitely. Yeah,
1: I agree completely.
0: I have a few friends in the wedding photography industry who tell me that taking and editing wedding photos takes up a lot of time. How do you recharge your creativity to avoid burnout?
1: Yeah, it's it definitely is a long process. It's a lot to kind of remember um, to do after every wedding, especially during kind of a busy wedding season. Obviously, this past year has been an interesting one from that perspective because usually I'm I'm kind of so busy that I'm just kind of focused on the weddings. I'm focused on getting through. I'm focused on just kind of when's the next one going to come and things like that. And it you know it's good for that reason, but I think it's also this past year has, has been a really good one because it has kind of allowed me to slow down a little bit and really pay attention to the weddings that I did have and just be able to kind of think about if that's something that I want to do long-term and how I'm going to approach my business as time goes on. I feel like, you know, you mentioned burnout, um, kind of avoiding burnout and, that's been something that I think at the end of this last year um, has kind of been something that I'm thinking a lot about because I do feel in a sense quite burned out with kind of wedding photography as a whole but just kind of the busyness of weddings. And so it's kind of making me reframe and, and rethink, okay do I do I want to kind of take on as many weddings going forward? do I do I want to kind of start? Narrowing down um, to just you know a few weddings a year and and maybe maybe try something new um, maybe you know see if there's something else I can dig, you know dip my feet into you know there's been a part of me um, for the past uh, few weeks that is really kind of considering okay do I do I want to continue down this same path or you know maybe do I want to go back to school and that's something that I'm thinking about is potentially going to grad school and you know, I would really love to go to a school in Europe. And so that's something that I'm, I'm looking at and looking at a school in Germany and, you know, that could be really interesting. And, and so, I mean, I think burnout can either be a negative or it can be a positive thing. And I think, I think for me this year, especially kind of that feeling of burnout has kind of been an impetus to look at things as the way they are now and say, okay, do I want to change things? And where do I want to go? Where, you know, where do I kind of want to take my photography journey next. And, and it's kind of been really exciting to think about that and to really, yeah, just see what I want to do next.
0: I like that you gave a really positive answer to that because burnout is usually associated with negative emotions. And of course that's very relevant, but it's good to look at it from a positive point of view, because as you said, it's an opportunity to, to look at your life and rethink what you're doing in the moment and maybe change your future in some way by making a few simple decisions or big decisions or or whatever, it's, uh, it's your mind basically telling you to slow down and and change something. So that's
1: great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I honestly think that kind of any good or bad thing can really change depending on how you approach it. And like I said, burnout, yeah, can be usually associated with negativity. But I think in this case, it it can be a positive. And so I'm, I'm choosing to really look at it that way.
0: Exactly. And I'm very excited for you. Thank you. You've taken photos in Italy, Alaska, Iceland and many other exciting places around the world. Where would you like to go next?
1: Oh yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of places on my bucket list for sure, but I think one place I would love to really explore more of is is probably, you know, more of Asia and and, and India as well. Um my I have family in India now my husband's family um is in New Delhi and and we would really like to visit them as soon as the pandemic allows. Um, and be able to see more of of India as well, and be able to kind of explore some of the cities that we've talked about a lot. And in Asia as well, I, I would love to see more of Japan and, and China and a lot of places that I've kind of thought about and dreamed about for a long time. But I tend to, I've noticed my, when, I, when I'm planning my trips, it's generally more in Europe. And, and I love Europe, but I do want to see more um, of the world as well. And so there's a few places that are definitely on my my bucket list that I'd like to get to at some point and kind of have a different landscape and, you know, hopefully be able to take some amazing photos in those landscapes as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's amazing. I mean, there are so many beautiful travel destinations in the world and there are a lot of them that are really popular and oversaturated on Instagram but I'm not saying this in a bad way if that makes sense you just no I totally understand <laughs> yeah, yeah you see the same locations over and over again and it makes you think that those are the only ones out there so it's always exciting and refreshing to find out about other areas of the world that are maybe a little bit underground so to speak you know not really <laughs> not really popular but are still incredible places to to explore and to learn about and to to inspire you to be a better photographer in a sense Definitely. In addition to taking stunning photos of people, you take breathtaking self-portraits, as you mentioned earlier. They're emotive, they tell a story, and they speak to the heart. I'd love to know how you get into that self-portrait photography mood and what those photo shoots are like in general.
1: Oh, well, thank you first for your compliments. That means so much to me. I, Again, I've been taking self-portraits for so long and starting from when I was still in high school, and getting into the mindset is probably the hardest thing and just kind of you know knowing okay maybe i don't have to have an elaborate concept kind of like i was saying earlier you know i don't i don't need to kind of do this whole story and some people do that and i really admire that i mean i know alex venetol you were talking to recently you know i know she creates these beautiful concepts and and joel he creates these beautiful concepts as well and i really really admire that and um, for me i tend to kind of um, I am more comfortable keeping things kind of um, simple, just going and, and taking, you know, a self-portrait in the hills or something like that. Um, sometimes I'll I'll kind of make it a little bit more conceptual and bring in some Photoshop editing and things like that. Um, it's a little more rare recently that I do that than I used to at the beginning of my of my photography journey. But sometimes, yeah, just like I said, kind of putting on a dress and, and going into the hills and then kind of. Taking a portrait of myself, you know, doing something funny with my arms or, or looking at the camera a certain way and then kind of letting the viewer come up with a story of their own and, and kind of, you know, instead of kind of telling people what they should see, kind of letting them come up with it for themselves, um, I think is, is really exciting and important to me. And, and I really miss taking portraits as often as I did. I mean, I, I never did a full 365 um, project but I definitely started it a couple of times. I did a, a couple of 52 weeks projects that I, I never finished. I'm, I'm really bad at finishing my projects apparently, but I, you know, kind of getting into that habit of taking portraits regularly. And, and even if it's not self portraits every day, but going out and shooting, maybe having friends to take photos of, um, maybe just taking beautiful photos of nature, you know, just kind of getting into that habit of shooting regularly. Is so important. It's, some, it's something that I, I miss quite a lot. And I, I'm really hoping to kind of do more, again, to just do photos for myself, not for Instagram or for, you know, getting clients or anything like that. I think it's really important to be able to do that from time to time.
0: I agree with you. And I love that. I mean, in most genres, this is the case, but especially in self-portrait photography, where you don't have to follow a specific rule, or you don't have to have these specific guidelines. Because as you said, Somebody like Alex Benatel, who is a conceptual self-portrait photographer, she does prepare a lot beforehand and she uses a lot of you know, Photoshop to make her photographs look surreal. But then there's also photographers like you and me. <laughs> it's, it's more yeah. simple, but it's still conceptual in its own way and it's still as hard. So it, in any case, regardless of what, of what you, your approach is, you can still take really beautiful photographs that tell a story. And I think that's the amazing thing about this great big photography world. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree with that. Okay. Whitney, my last question for you is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh man. I mean, the thing that I think
1: in regards to kind of the last or the thing that I was saying earlier of just kind of
0: being able to
1: rethink sometimes what you're doing and maybe reframe, okay, is this something that I want to do? always and 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 is it something that that maybe I can change over time I kind of just hope that I can show to people that you know you don't have to do maybe just one one thing with photography I think a lot of times you you hear the you know find your niche find the thing that that you do and stick with it and and I just don't I don't always think that that's the case I think you can change your mind over time you can start in conceptual work and get into wedding photography and then maybe somewhere down the line you decide to do something entirely different and so I hope I can show people that it is possible to kind of change your mind and and maybe change things over time and and not kind of get stuck doing one thing um especially if photography is is your passion you know there's there's a lot of different directions you can take it and and don't be afraid to try that so yeah I hope that's a message I can share with the world
0: That's a fantastic answer and I'm sure you'll be able to achieve that because you've already had these changes transitions in your life as a photographer and you've transitioned elegantly and taken on new challenges and done them beautifully so it's it's a great example to other photographers as you said your answer is so beautiful to me because we often feel like we're stuck in one place as photographers especially if we've been doing it for a while you feel like you have to be loyal to a specific niche but you don't mm-hmm. have to be it's not about loyalty I think photography is meant to be explored and experimented with as much as possible so I appreciate ah, that. yes
1: Thank you. No, I completely, completely agree with that. I just think that photography is is a big world and there's a lot you can do. So just have fun and explore.
0: Exactly. No matter what point in your life you're at, as a photographer, as a person, always be open to experimenting and trying new things. And that's probably going to lead you to many incredible opportunities in my opinion. Completely agree. Whitney, it was so much fun talking to you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom about about photography, especially wedding photography. I had so much fun talking to you.
1: Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be on this. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you too. Bye. Bye. I had a major fangirl moment during this interview. Whitney was one of the first self-portrait photographers that I looked up to back in the Flickr days, so it was an absolute honor to have this conversation with her. I hope you had as much fun listening to this episode as I did making it. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography.